Well, it's our pleasure to have Valerie June here. Uh, her new release is called Pushing Against a Stone. We've been playing it on WFPK, so it's a real thrill to have you here today, Valerie. Thanks so much for coming by. Thanks for having me. It's going to be a fun interview, and I'm glad that I can come to Louisville for the first time since I was a little girl. Louisville. Yeah. Louisville. Louisville. Yeah. <laughs> All right then. Now. All right then. Um, why Why were you passing through Louisville? Where Where were you Where are you headed? Well, I'm on my way to Tennessee, and I flew in last night to. Um, well, you could say it's only the Kentucky Ohio line, Cincinnati, and just doing a lot of radio and going around playing live in different stations and meeting cool people. Where's home these days? Home is living in my big old gray elephant suitcase that's huge and heavy and traveling all over the world. <laughs> but I have a place that I can go to in Brooklyn, New York. Oh, really? Okay. Because mm. there's a strong association with you in Memphis. Yes. I Memphis hear that a lot. Is really, really home. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I can't wait to get back. I'm headed down towards the end of this week and go as often as I can back home, home. And where were you born? I was born in Jackson, Tennessee. And is that between Memphis and Nashville? It is. Mm -hmm. And so the biggest town between those two. <laughs> <laughs> but then you ended up moving to Memphis when you were a teenager. I did. Mm -hmm. What did you do there? Lots of things. I had many jobs. I got married. I started a band with my ex-husband. I wrote songs and sang for years. And then, when I was in my early 20s and our band broke up, I started learning how to play the guitar. Really? Because mm -hmm. you play really well, and you've only been playing since your early 20s, you yeah. say? Yeah, I was just thinking about that as I came over here. I was like, I think I was about 23, 24 when I started really playing this guitar. And, um, and then I was thinking, oh, wow. I always tell people I've been playing for about eight years, but... I'm not going to tell my age right now, but it might be a couple of years more than that. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you, I, I guess I read somewhere about your grandfather had given you a guitar. He did. Mm -hmm. But was that a long time before you started playing it? It was. I had this guitar that I begged him to give me. I begged. I was like, please, granddaddy, please. <laughs> All the other kids wanted it. All of them. But I was like, if you give it to me, I promise you I'll learn how to play it. I promise. And he was like, no, I got that guitar to yard sale, and I ain't giving it to none of y'all. That's my guitar. <laughs> and it was this mysterious thing that was always in the closet from the moment I was born up until I was 15, asking and begging for it. And it was always like, if any of you kids go in there and touch my guitar, <laughs> mm, you know it was going to be trouble, and you're going to get a whipping. <laughs> so I, um, I finally was like, okay. I think that I can talk granddad into giving it to me. So I begged and begged for hours. Finally, my grandmother, we went in to eat dinner, and she was like, Clyde, give her that guitar. Give that girl that guitar. You've had that guitar in that closet for years. You ain't going to learn how to play that guitar. Just give it to the girl. <laughs> and I said, yes, just give it to me. I promise. I promise I'll learn how to play it. And I took it. And I got really involved in cheerleading and chasing football players, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of a cool thing when you're 15. Oh, sure. And, um, <laughs> and I, like, let it go aside, and I didn't pick it up until I had to. And he was passed at that time, but mm. I feel good that I kept my promise to him, even if it took years for me to do it. Was it a nice guitar? No, it wasn't. Yeah. It was a very cheap made in Mexico type guitar with a beautiful um, paintings on it. And it was red, flaming red on the edges, but it kind of worked its way into yellow uh -huh. through orange. <laughs> right. 
So, mm-hmm. so when did you find out that you had a voice that you could sing? I've always loved to sing. Ever since I was a really, really little girl, I would just go outside and sing as loud as I could, and I'd bellow around the house, and everybody would be like, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> but I loved singing. And uh, I didn't think that I could sing. I thought, I just love singing. And even when I got to Memphis and I started playing and singing in this band, I was like, oh, I'm terrible. I'm not good. I'm not good. You know, because you hear voices on the radio in different places that are perfect and they're considered to be great. So it wasn't until I really, really, like, found other Roots musicians, especially the women, that I gained confidence in my voice and that I stopped telling myself that it wasn't a beautiful voice. Because people like Memphis Minnie, when I started listening to her records or listening to Sarah Carter um, and Maybell Carter, it was just like, okay, my voice is all right. It doesn't have to be perfect. That's the truth. That's the real like emotion and the raw emotion that I'm giving to my crowd and to people who want to hear that. And um, and so I just started to embrace it and just not be fearful around it because I didn't sound like you know Whitney Houston or whatever you know it would have been nice to be blessed with that perfect voice but um mine was a little pitchy it was a little raspy it was a little raw and I had to work into mentally being able to tell myself yes I can sing I knew I want love to sing and Mm. I knew I wanted to sing but I was just scared you know did you grow up with the like singing in church I did sing in church. Everybody in my family sings. And the church that we went to is Church of Christ. And everyone in the congregation must sing together as one. And so there's never a choir and you can't use instruments. So you're commanded to use your voice as as an instrument and to use it and lift it up to God. And so every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night, I was in the church with like 500 other people and I was singing at the top of my lungs. And that was the time when nobody was going to tell me to shut up because <laughs> you over there singing loud and you singing loud and somebody's whispering on the back row and somebody's just humming, but everybody was using their voice. And so I heard a lot of different voices and a lot of different types of voices. And that gave me confidence as well that I could sing right. hearing those voices, even though, you know, you know, they were all different. It still sounded so beautiful when they all came together, mm-hmm. you know, just hearing it all as one, even though nothing was like perfect about it. You know, it was like, okay, uh, you just get in where you fit in. Well, you know, a voice with character mm-hmm. is sometimes a lot more interesting to me and can convey just as much emotion as a perfect voice, if I not more so, so sometimes, you know. But the album, uh, Pushing Against a Stone, produced by Dan Auerbach um, of the Black Keys, uh, is what caught our ear. And it seemed to me like, oh, she's an overnight success. But that's not the case. I mean, as you're telling us your backstory right now, that's never the case, really. This is something you've been working hard on for a long time, right? Yeah, I've uh, worked for many years um, playing music, and I put out three-bedroom recordings, and that's how I lived for, I guess, five years, just traveling and playing and selling those and moving on and writing songs and capturing them. The beauty of this day is that you can get out the old computer and make a record on it. So so I think that's really cool because when I was a teenager, you couldn't really do that. So now you can, and people are taking advantage of it. 
Well, we're talking with Valerie June. Her latest release is called Pushing Against a Stone here on WFBK. And um, I, I do want to ask you a lot more about the album because I understand you actually did some recording in Hungary. I did. Mm-hmm. So I want to find out what, what took you there and how that happened. But first, how about we have you do a song? All right. And which, good. which one are you going to do first? I'm going to start off with the Working Woman Blues. All right. on WFBK Radio Louisville with Valerie June live in our studios. Her latest album's called Pushing Against a Stone. And um, so, Valerie, right before you sang that song, we were talking just a, just a moment there about Hungary. Because I was, I was looking at the credits on the album, and it says, you know, some studio musicians from Hungary, some of the best musicians there. And I just was like, what? <laughs> That's such a far, far away uh, place compared to, to Memphis. How did you get to Hungary? What what happened there? Well, I married a Hungarian man, and I went over for the holiday, and I was moping around the house, and he said, get out of here and go play some music. Here's some musicians. Go. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, it's going to be a terrible time, whatever. I'm not going to have fun. So I get out there, 
And uh, is it a bar where you went? No, or was it, it was a studio. A studio. studio H is uh, the name of the place where we recorded it. Mm-hmm. And I met Peter Shabak, and he was like, "So, what have you been working on?" And I was like, "I've played him a few songs." And then he said, "Can I play bass on that?" And I was like, "Yeah." So he starts playing, and he said, "Can I get my friend to come over and play drums on it?" And I was like, "Yeah." So I was like, "Wow, this is kind of sounding good." Like <laughs> all this within an hour, and then I said, "Well, can I invite my friend who I know who lives here plays trumpet to come over?" And he was like, "Sure." So. We all got in the same room, and it sounded so good, and we just said, okay, we have to record this. So we hit record and made that, you know, recorded Working Woman Blues over there. Mm. And uh, and it's it's been really cool to work with those guys. I've recorded a few songs with them now. So yeah. yeah. And then you have the connection with Dan Auerbach of the Black Keys. How did that happen? That happened through um, one of the other producers on the record as well. Um he Kevin Agunas and I met in Memphis and we were at Central Barbecue and he said who would you like to write songs with because he flew in because he wanted to produce a record with me and he was just talking to me about that for several days and I said well I want to write songs with Gillian Welsh or um, Dan Auerbach or M. Ward because I think they all write great songs that you know tap in the old time but they also live in the new time in the present and so he said, well, I know Dan, and I'm going to call him and see if he wants to work with you. So he said, I got this girl from Memphis, and uh, she wants to write songs with you. And Dan was like, send me some of her stuff, and I'll see. And uh, he sent over The Drifter, which is just a tune, a video of me playing in my bedroom with a plywood on the floor and playing my banjo and singing. It's a song I wrote. And Dan was like, sure, I'll write with this girl. So we ended up in John Prine's studio in Nashville writing some songs and Dan didn't have a studio and I didn't even know that he lived in Nashville but apparently this was all in alignment (laughs) so I went in and we wrote like two songs and then we had two more writing sessions and they all went well writing songs it was fun so So when you write that's cool it's a great story when you when you write write a song with Dan Auerbach how does that work I mean did you come up with the melody the words I mean it what comes it? many different ways. Yeah. Um, some of the songs are written with just the lyrics and the melody first, and then some with, you know, guitar and then the vocals put on top of it. Um, God, any way you could think of, really. I just took my books down there because yeah. um, I moved to, you know, Brooklyn. And so I took my books down, and we sat across from each other, and we both had guitars, and I'm flipping through. He's like, what are you working on? I'm flipping through the books and singing some of the things that I'm working on. And if something is felt, then we just moved on it, you know? If our minds were feeling this certain melody or whatever, or if he played something that I liked, then I would just, you know, start singing and playing with him on something that I think was a compliment to it. So very easy to work with as a songwriter. When you say books, you're talking about like your notebooks mm-hmm. where you just jot down ideas for songs. And Yeah, I call them skeletons. Skeletons. I have skeletons in these books. <laughs> <laughs> and they need some bones and organs and life brought to them. So. Right. What was one of the songs that you were most pleased with that came from the, one of those sessions? Hmm. Well, I'm really pleased with You Can't Be Told. I think it's yeah. a really cool song. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first single. 
mm-hmm. on the album, which well, yeah, it was the first one that was released here. I'm getting mixed up with Europe. Yeah. They released Working Woman in the end. You can't be told. So. Oh, did they? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, we would love to hear another one. All right, let's do it. All right. This was the song on the record called Twine and Twisted. I thought I had your number Stuck in my phone Oh, but I can't find it No way Inside This pain Too long Better borrow time Say it again. 
Valerie June live on WFPK Radio Louisville. Great song. Thank you. I can see the Memphis Mini influence. Love her. Yeah. She's amazing. And she has some great fashion sense, if you ask me. As do you. It's important. Yes. I see that. <laughs> uh, for those that can't see Valerie June right now, she's got these great cowboy boots on. They're like brown with uh, with turquoise, you know, em- embroidered all over it. It's really cool. Thank you. Yes. Um, what was it like to first hear Memphis Mini? And I'm sure there were others, too. Others of that country blues kind of thing. The sort of light go off in your head where you're like... Oh, yeah, I like this. Oh, yeah. I said to myself, if I can just learn how to play guitar like this, by the time I'm 70 or 80 years old, then I'll be very happy with my life. (laughs) Very, very happy. Because I started late, and just like with my voice, I had to work into it. Like I was just going from chord to chord, struggling to get from the C to the G to the D, and like, I'm never going to get there. But if I get there by the time I'm 70, I'll be all right. <laughs> so that was goal every day. Give it about 10 or 15 minutes. And surely, if I live to 70, I'll be able to play like Memphis Minnie and Mississippi John Hurt and Elizabeth Cotton and Etta Baker and Precious Bryant. If I could just wait that long, mm. <laughs> you know. Wow. Did you just sort of steep yourself in that music when you first heard it? Where, where did you first hear it? Just in Memphis, just being around and going to coffee shops and hanging around other musicians in Memphis and just like even just walking down the right streets at the right times and hearing the music pile out of the, you know, the venues or different, you know, stacks or sun or wherever you are, you know, they're playing music and you can hear it outside, inside, wherever you're, as you're shopping for groceries, whatever. So occasionally a song would be played and I'd be like, what's that? I got to go find out what that is. (laughs) (laughs) And then once you get started and you get hooked on this music, it's like, okay, well now I've just got to start searching for more. I've got to find more and more artists who are like a part of the country blues tradition and the old time country tradition. And you just keep digging because it's folk music and there's so many people who did it and not all of them are famous, but all of them are cool to me. Mm-hmm. And if you just keep digging, you learn more and it's endless. There's so, so many. Did you go down the road of Alan Lomax? Did you look through his recordings? Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm a collector of the things that he does, like the things that he did, you know, the writings and the different collections of songs and records. And, yeah, I have a lot of the stuff that he put out. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, all right, so we've got time for one more song. All right. And uh, this last one that you're going to do is what? This is a song about the weather. It's called Rain Dance, and it's from my life before this record. Hmm. All right. Valerie June, live on FPK. Waking up alone 
baby blue it is all up cause I got you Plop into my rain Dance gonna wash it dust Down the bank I'm do my rain Dance Well I'm waiting Waiting Dusty dirty waiting When I pop a pretty pop When I cross my eyes I get the feeling I'm needing some healing I'm needing some healing I'm do my rain Dance gonna wash it dust And the bank gonna do my rain Dance I'm do my rain Dance gonna wash it dust And the bank gonna do my rain Dance I'm do my rain Dance gonna wash it dust And the bank gonna do my rain That's a great song, Rain Dance, from uh, Valerie June. Her latest album is called Push It Against the Stone, and looks like you're going to be on tour with Sharon Jones. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Two months on the road in the States, which is something I haven't done day after day, grinding on the road. And I'm looking forward to meeting Sharon and learning from her. Yeah, she's yeah. a great performer. Mm, Just dynamite. And how do you feel about when you're opening up for, for artists like that? You know, they've got the big band, and here you are coming on stage with your guitar. And <laughs> how's that feel? Is it? I'm going to have my um, my drummer with me and my bass player, and they both sing because I hear yeah. a lot of voices, yeah. as you can hear from this record and things that I've done before. Um and so having them with me, I won't feel so lonely up there. <laughs> and if I'm really nice, maybe Sharon will let me get up there in background soon. <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm excited about it. Cool. Well, best of luck to you, Valerie. And thank you so much for coming by FPK. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure.